welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Yep. Not without alcohol. Let's mix it up. <laughs> I got your back. All right. I forgot my line. <laughs> That's okay. Hey. That's what I'm here for. Part two. Well, yeah. not part two. <laughs> podcast two. For today. Of today. Yeah. Two a days. Two a days, yep. Yeah, this one's got it's surge season, this, so we're doing two a days. Yeah, this this drink has a turd in it. <laughs> I had to well, say, you're gonna drink it before I tell you the ingredients, <laughs> so it could be. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it isn't. Yeah. So uh, maybe we should uh, bring your dog back to the office. He can drop another dookie <laughs> right in the middle. He was nervous. <laughs> we tried to have dogs here on Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, little Jake, he got kind of nervous. Yeah. He yeah. didn't have performance anxiety. <laughs> that's for dang sure. <laughs> he uh, He's hilarious. very embarrassed. He said he's sorry and he would like a second chance. Yeah. I'll okay. give him a second chance. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't poop on boy. the carpet, you know. So. He doesn't do that at home. You must have said something <laughs> well, he didn't like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So spoiler alert, that's not what's in this okay. drink. But Whew. Good thing. Yeah. Good thing. So uh, what we are drinking today is uh, this is, uh, I got to say, we're, we're going a little bit. The last drink was a little foo-foo, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's a cold day. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was it was hot chocolate and oh, peanut butter and all those good. warm, fuzzy, foo-foo things. Good. This drink is, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would almost put this in the, like, this is college cocktail. <laughs> right? College girl cocktail. So it is. It we're is. drinking Tootsie Rolls today. Oh, boy. Tootsie, Tootsie Rolls. Roll. Yeah. Cue the music. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sing that song. Though. Okay. Good. If you dust off the jock jam. Yeah. Right? Okay. Oh, all right. Gosh. So what we've got here today, let's take a sip first. Okay. That's horrible. <laughs> um... It's kind of weird. That's super weird. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's very sweet. Okay. Tootsie Roll. Yeah. Hazelnuts in there. Some kind of hazelnutty All stuff. All right. So this drink is comprised of two ounces of Kahlua. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. Four ounces of root beer. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Wow. With you a, dug with real a, deep for this with one. With Tootsie Roll to garnish. With I don't know. I saw the recipe and I thought... To garnish. Hey, I actually, I really love... Why lo- not? I love root beer, so... I do, too. You know what this reminds me of? I don't think it's as horrible as... Ugh. It wasn't what I was, I was expecting, but what it reminds me of is, like, craft soda. You ever have, like, a oh, chocolate yeah. soda? You remember, yeah. like, Jones soda? Is oh, that yeah. still a thing? I think it is. Jones yeah. soda? Yeah. The cho- that's what it reminds me of. It has like old coffee taste to me isn't that weird like hazel there's a hazelnut in there i mean I, obviously like, i'm not a big kalua guy yeah and so Kahlua, like i, I don't kind of hazelnutty isn't it i i'm not sure what all is in it but it just to me it tastes like coffee flavor or uh chocolate flavored root beer it it is definitely kind of i i taste hazelnut but i'm gonna keep saying it yeah i'm not gonna finish that <laughs> um so if you're feeling real saucy tonight, Man, get no. out the important ingredients like okay. the root beer and the Kahlua. Here's the put deal. Them together. Here's the deal. If you've ever had a Tootsie Roll, which you all have, mm-hmm. it's not real chocolate. No. Right? No. It's you not. get that like it's, well, we have it's one chocolate here. flavored chewy candy. So you get that artificial chocolate flavor. This drink tastes like a Tootsie Roll, Jason. It really does. Okay. You just bit into your Tootsie Roll. Mm-hmm. All right. Finish that up a little bit and then take another sip and tell and might be a while. <laughs> I'm I'm flying solo for a little bit while yeah. you chew. Okay. Yeah. 
I see why they call this drink a Tootsie Roll and why you garnish it with a Tootsie Roll. Hmm. It does taste like artificial chocolate. <laughs> so if you're into that, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate Tootsie Rolls. No, nah, there's something weird about that. There's two ingredients, so it's one or the other. It ain't, it ain't the root beer. <laughs> it's not root beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do you? I mean, probably well, not going to call on this whoop. one again. <laughs> not a winner in your book. No, okay, well, that's okay. I, that was uh, an I OHL have to get a real drink here, pretty quick. No, oh, just do <laughs> bourbon knee. <laughs> How am I going to get through pour this me, podcast? Pour me something. Surprise me. Yeah. So this was another OHLQ drink. I thought it was worth the try. It, it's fun. If you're not a big cocktail person, if you're not a cocktail snob, uh, you might like it. I don't know. It tastes like a Tootsie Roll. It does. It's not great. Not great. It's not terrible. I mean, I'd drink We've it over. Way worse. I would drink it over vodka. <laughs> yeah, we know. You drink toilet bowl water over vodka. Well, if by Campari. That's what I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving on. There you go, brother. So, I got your back. Thank you. Um, Little seven. Now that I have the option, I am going to set that to the side. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just put this over here for later. Jason, continuing with our, our tax theme, Ooh. it's uh, it's March. We're talking taxes. We are in the throes of tax season. Mm-hmm. We do tax planning. We work alongside some pretty talented tax folk. Yeah. Uh, and and we're, we're, always, we're kind of at the point where it's like, hopefully what we did last year was the right plan. We'll it's find testing. out. It's kind of testing right now. <laughs> yeah. So our, our tax kind of like season is almost opposite of like, regular yeah tax folks we do our strategy right and execution of the tax plan right yeah in the off season and then the chickens come home to roost That's in right. april <laughs> we will find out if we get any angry phone calls from cpas yeah there's not a bad time to do tax planning no it's just a little bit more difficult to execute whenever the heat is on and the deadlines are pushing yeah right? i mean i think most folks are just really pushing for getting things cleaned up and done by april and I actually had someone tell me a tax preparer just yesterday mm-hmm. and like, man, it really seems like things are ahead of schedule this year, which is like, I'm like, really? Like, Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> so if it's the yeah. same CPA that I talked to, I, I asked him the same question. It wasn't actually. It, it wasn't? No. Okay. Well, I, I also had a conversation oh. yesterday and I it said- It wasn't a he. So I said, so how are you feeling? Do you feel like you're in the thick of it? And he goes, it's definitely tax season. But yeah, kind of the same along the same lines, like pretty, you know, so far, pretty smooth. Well, nothing crazy. I think they get like 1000 bonus points because the last two years, God bless them. I mean, it's just been hair on fire. Oh, my gosh. 12, 12 I mean, to 15 hours a day. Right. Burning like, the candle at both How many ends. extensions can I file in a day? Because we don't know what the rules are. Well, and last year, I don't I don't know this for a fact, but I think we we had more extensions last year oh, than yeah. I have. Yep. I mean, it was it was pretty common yep. for people to file extensions. I, mm-hmm. I think that was a theme last year. Jason, what we're going to kind of hone in on today with the uh, finance topic here, our tax topic is, this is all about maximizing your tax refund. And if you don't get a tax refund, that's okay. Then I guess on the, the other side of the coin, it would be minimizing the taxes that you pay. That's right. This is one of those where I get to dust off my old punchline, work that tax code. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I like it's the a- way you work it. <laughs> <laughs> we got Tootsie Roll. We got No Diggity. Oh, uh, sorry. This is a Jock Jams episode. It is. Man, cue the Jock Jams. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so we're-, we're into tax avoidance, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, that's we're, we're going to talk about <laughs> legal legal ways to yeah. maximize your tax, return tax slash minimize your, your pain. Payments. We frown upon tax evasion. Yes. Avoidance. Avoidance is, uh, avoidance is okay. Yeah. Even encouraged. 
Yes. So what we're going to talk about today, and I would say if you're out there, if you do your taxes on your own, because let's be honest, for a lot of folks, it has gotten simpler. Yeah. Uh, when you think about the standard deduction going mm-hmm. up, you have a lot of people out there who used to itemize that it doesn't make any sense to itemize. And Correct. we're talking about deductions. Right. So, you know, just to give you an idea, uh, we're going to be focusing heavily on deductions Ooh. and credits. Ah. We're going to talk about what's above the line, oh. below the line. Ooh. Okay. That doesn't mean like what's okay and not okay. <laughs> um, like above board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're talking about above the line deductions, <laughs> below the line deductions. And then when we get into credits, we're going to talk about refundable versus non-refundable. Yep. Yep. So if you're one of those folks who maybe itemized deductions in the past, maybe paid a CPA to do your return. Mm -hmm. And since the standard deduction is higher, maybe you don't do that anymore. Maybe you look at your return and you go, well, heck, I've got a W-2. I've got some mortgage interest. I can do this on my own. No problem. Right. There's there's a lot of them out there. Hopefully what you you learn in this episode is we're going to go through some of the most common deductions that are available. What is above the line? So what might help you? What's not really going to help necessarily when we look at credits? refundable versus non-refundable, all that. And you alluded to in last week's episode mm-hmm. in our world earlier today, Ooh, <laughs> few qualified ago. charitable distributions. Yep. And and I have to, we keep beating this dead horse, but I feel like this is where a lot of people are missing the boat mm-hmm. and, and where the standard deduction going up has taken a lot of people from itemizing to just claiming the standard. But guess what? You're still probably doing it wrong. Yep. Right. Okay. So yep. let's get into it. Yes. Jason, deductions. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I, I talked about before, there's above the line mm-hmm. and there's below the line. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, no. Don't do that. Do you want me to put you on the spot? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so these are deductions you can't that are going to come right off your income. Bingo. Yep. Off your income. Yep. This, so this, this is, is like dollar for AGI dollar. Number. It's yeah. just going to... These are... You want to wrap your arms around these things and just give them big kisses. Yes. These are great. Yes. If you're not itemizing, these are deductions that work in your favor. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and again, I guess they are, they work in your favor regardless. That's true. But <laughs> even if you are itemizing, yes, I mean it's not Absolutely. like you disqualify yourself from these deductions. But if you're not itemizing, you still need to focus on above the line deductions. Correct. So what are some? So some of the most common ones that we think of are contributions to retirement plans. Yes, potentially, right? Potentially. So if you're doing Roth, sorry. Yeah. Um, don't worry. Not It'll sorry. be better in the sorry. long run. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But think about those contributions to your IRAs, maybe a traditional contribution yep. or traditional 401k contributions, things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be your write off of your income. If you made $100,000 and you put $5,000 into your traditional 401k, that's 95000 now. Correct. The income number you're working off of. Yep. Um, so, like you said, directly off of your income that you're claiming, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that is a direct. This is money I don't have to pay taxes on. Correct. Take it right off of your income. It's so a win. We think about retirement plan contributions, but then health savings accounts. Yeah. Right. Huge. Contributions to HSAs. Huge. Remember, you have to have a high deductible plan in order to do one of those. Yes. But. And that is one episode that was way, way back that yep. I, I actually, maybe we should we need revisit, to revisit that topic. We, we do because Secure Act 2.0 just totally made this like, woo, woo. Yeah. Real confusing. We really like HSAs. Quite frankly, more people than ever have high deductible plans or now have the option to take the Cadillac plan or the high deductible plan. Right. Exactly. And this is where a good conversation with a financial advisor or even your tax planner or, you know, in most cases, both. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Is really helpful, you know, because you can look at what did you spend on healthcare uh, last year. And that's exactly. also, that's part of the above the line deductions as well. Yes. Healthcare premiums, like, right? Like so trifecta of, think of, about of things, good, goodness. Yeah. Think about things that come out of your paycheck. 
before mm-hmm. you're not a mile. Right. And, and think those, so pretty safe to say that those are going to be things that affect you or above the line. Now, taxes and things like that, no. No, yeah. Exactly. Although, <laughs> except for the next thing although, you're going to say. <laughs> uh, in some cases, self employment tax or a portion of right. self employment tax. I love this one. It's always thrown in there alimony. Yeah. Or as Frank from Everybody Loves Raymond called it, Al Al the Ladies Pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, um, so those are some of the big ones, right? I think a few few of those there too, like non-deductible health insurance. Mm-hmm. So if your employer is not taking it from your paycheck, that's huge. One that actually, I actually caught this on a tax return. Client was paying self-employment taxes mm-hmm. and they weren't deducting it from their, like it's above line, mm-hmm. above the line, dollar for dollar deduction. And I don't know what happened. Like I think they just, they forgot to tell their tax repair. You know um, what? I think it's either that or you have a lot of people that are preparing their own taxes that go, okay, I think I can do this, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure. Right. And at so the end of the day, off. yeah, I'd rather err on the side of paying a little bit too right. much. I, I always say this. Look, folks, the IRS takes donations. <laughs> <laughs> if you overpay, if you're erring on the side of caution, I don't, you could be paying too much and they're not going to say, hey, wait a second. Hold right. on. Here you go. Here's this back. You should have done this. It's unusual because these are not like the most common mm-hmm. things, but yeah. Another one that constantly think about is student loan interest. Although mm-hmm. over the past few years, a lot of people haven't paid student haven't loan had payments. Any. Yeah. But remember that's, that's back. Okay. Right. So you probably get a statement. You should get a statement. I, I say that, but some places don't even send those out anymore. Yeah, so get them online. if you're yep. paying student loans, call, go online, find out what you paid in interest. That's an above the line. One I never really think about is early withdrawal penalties. Hmm. Hopefully you don't have this, but that is something you can deduct. So, hmm. They taketh away and then they. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, tuition, tuition and school fees in some cases. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then one that a lot this of us. This is typically, forget. that's typically like college and. Yep. Higher education, qualified higher, higher education expenses. Mm-hmm. Educator expenses is another this one. This is fascinating. That, you know, my wife's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think that most teachers spend more than the the $300 <laughs> that they get allocated. <laughs> and then on the flip side they don't they don't take this. Right. $300 which is, which is crazy. And again, it's an above the line. Right. You don't have to itemize to take advantage of this. So exactly. if you know a teacher, you know that they are probably spending way more than $300 a year for classroom supplies or decoration or whatever. Right. Learning tools for their classroom and a lot of people don't take this. Right. You have to have the receipts to back it up, but again, with a lot of people going from itemized to standard, I think some of the stuff gets lost in the shuffle and they think, well, I can't take that anymore. I can't anymore. do it. Yeah. Remember, it's above the line. Okay. Yep. That's what above the line means right off of your income. These yep. are things that everybody needs to focus in on. Now, the mm-hmm. next part would be the below the line deductions. Right. Below the line is another way of saying, I'm itemized. itemizing this yep. year. All right. So this is a situation where I used to itemize. Now I don't. We'll put and it this way. That? Why is that? <laughs> well, the standard deduction. The so standard much. deduction yeah. doubled. And quite frankly, I am happy to have those extra six hours of my life back <laughs> every year. So, But as far as things that you can itemize, if you're tallying up pros and cons of itemizing versus standard deduction, mortgage interest yep. of up to $750 or, or $750,000 or less. Nice. Sorry. Yeah, this one's interesting. Mortgage interest of a million or less if that was incurred before 2017. <laughs> yeah. Uh, charitable contributions, Jason. This and this is, is the one. one that I focus in on a ton. Yep. Okay. So this is where folks would take their required minimum distribution. They'd write their check to church every week, yep. you know, and they'd kind yep. of wash it out while well, it doesn't totally work that way. 
Um, you alluded to the qualified charitable distribution. Yeah. Um, so at age 70 and a half, if you're, if you're charitably inclined and you have a required minimum distribution, you need to do this. You need to. You yeah. Need and, to I, do and I think charities actually are always like not advocates for raising the standard deduction. Most folks, for whatever reason, I mean, studies have shown that charitable giving will be reduced. Mm hmm. When the standard deduction goes up because people don't feel like they are getting a tax benefit exactly. from it. It's sad, but true. But if you're 70 and a half and you have qualified funds, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> and it, it's actually way better than even what you yeah. can do in this line. On it, well, the, it's substantial, right? Yeah. So we talked in the last episode a little bit about those required minimum distributions. You have to take it out. No ifs, ands, or buts unless we have another COVID year. Okay. Yeah. But if you're you're going to take the money out and you were gonna write the check to church anyway, or you were gonna write the check to St. Jude's anyway, let us do it for you. I always yeah. tell people, let us do it for you. Right. If the custodian sends the money right to the charity, the Uncle Sam says, Well, this client took their RMD. That's right. But they were also charitable. So guess what? No taxes. Right. So there's this misnomer that Oh, well, that doesn't help because I'm not itemizing. Baloney. Yes, it does, <laughs> because that's money that you got to take out and pay taxes on it. Exactly. And this is something that is up to $100,000 per person. Yeah. So if you're a married couple, annually. you could do annually $200,000 in charitable giving that's not taxed. Now, I know that that's not the norm. Right. But it can be. I've got a client who's done sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year in yeah. qualified charitable yeah, me distributions. Too. I, and again, this is in this particular line on the taxes... If you still are giving to charity, and I'm going to tell you, this is personal. I was surprised. You know, I went through and, you know, all my deductions, things like that. Yeah, I got a big family, medical things. Mm -hmm. I was able to itemize this year. So keep track. Keep track. Like, keep track. Yeah. Okay. And don't stop being charitable. That's like my like pet peeve on this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have been blessed with many things and it's great to give back. Yep. Yeah, I, it's interesting that you said that because I haven't itemized in a while. Mm -hmm. But when I do the calculation, I always do. Mm -hmm. I, I run it down. What? Okay, what are my itemized? What would the standard be? There are, have been years where I'm a couple hundred bucks over the standard deduction. I go, <laughs> I'm going to take the standard because yeah. why in the world right. would I raise the flag and say, hey, come audit me? Yeah, exactly. Maybe start questioning these things. Yeah. I mean, not that there's anything to question. I'm but a nerd. I have way like good records and yeah it's it, i it's mean it's sad. it's good to do it's, it's <laughs> unless you really i mean there are some really cut and dry situations but yeah. i like to run it both ways for sure yeah if you can itemize absolutely most, most folks are it. going to take the standard deduction most some other things that you can itemize jason there's some fun ones in here N not this one but medical and dental expenses that are over yes. seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income so that one takes a little bit of math State and local income taxes, sales per, uh, and personal property taxes of up to $10,000. Mm -hmm. This is a fun one. I get this question more than I should. <laughs> yeah, that, that last one you just said, though, the property tax thing, mm -hmm. that's one that I'm just going to tell you right now, I did not consider. And it is the single thing that kicked us over. Yeah. You know, just having... Yeah. I've got some land. So... Yep. It's good to own land. <laughs> so... He has huge tracts of land. Yeah. Yeah. Money 12 Python. whole acres. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just... it. Again, those numbers have crept up. House values have crept up. So don't just... If your property taxes, when you look at that and you're like, I'm paying like seven, eight thousand dollars mm -hmm. a year in property taxes, you might want to run the numbers a little bit closer than what we've done in the past couple of years. The one that I was alluding to that I get asked the question a lot and I say I shouldn't be asked this question a lot. I always have to say to my gambling. clients, all right, <laughs> can, I, can I claim my gambling losses? Only oh. if you itemize. Mm -hmm. Only if you itemize. 
Well, I'm for sure going to itemize. I had way more than 30,000. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, if we are itemizing because of our gambling losses, yeah. we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen, like, have you ever been at the I, gas I station? Like, have you ever been to the gas station and you're like, these people are collecting losing lottery tickets? Yeah. And it's because. So that would they be had tax gambling. evasion. That, correct. <laughs> right. And I'm like, that would be you, below the line. What are you doing? Like, you can't just like collect everybody else's That would losses. be below the line and also below the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? If gambling losses is your make or break on whether you itemize or not, you don't have to talk to me. It's on every... But there's help out there. Yeah, sports gambling <laughs> site now, which unfortunately, this might be a big thing next year. It really might. Uh, so State sports, of Ohio. Yeah. yeah. We actually talked about this. Yeah. For dude. A, dude. For a topic later, yeah, sports gambling, it might, I be heard, fun, it might be a fun episode. I heard a commercial and they were like... Uh, your first bet up to $3,000. No problem. I was like, oh, oh, you hurt my heart. Yeah. Three grand's a lot of money for somebody who... Oh, I would rather you buy Bitcoin. I hope that's not a recommendation. Ooh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's <Okay>. not. <laughs> All right. So we talked about a lot about deductions above the line, below the line. By the way, if you ever hear those number or those terms, you can now kind of... I guess uh, in your head, say, I know what above the line means now. ATL does not mean Atlanta. It's above the line. (laughs) Uh, I always say that when I'm looking at tax documents and stuff. But yeah, I think after this episode, you can kind of, all right, is that an above the line deduction? Is that a below the line? Mm -hmm. Above the line helps everybody. Below below the line helps those who itemize. So the next thing is talking about credits, Jason, which is... You know, a little bit more popular, I guess, because you don't necessarily have to spend money to get money That's as right. far as the credit goes. But what I want to talk about briefly is, all right, so a deduction, you have to spend money to be able to deduct that from your income, right. Right. whether it's above the line or below the line, you know, you get into your specific situation. Uh, but a credit mm-hmm. is something that you get back regardless, right? based on, you know, whatever your, your situation is. It might have to do with income limits. It might have to do with your kid's situation, sure. all that kind of stuff. It could, so, have, it could have to do with some spending, but... Yeah, I would say the most popular one is the earned income tax credit. Earned income credit. And you're right. There are some that have to do with spending. You look at a lot of the green credits out yeah, there. the electric like the, cars uh, and things and, like that. And improvements on your house and things like that. Energy mm-hmm. efficient, those energy credits and things like that, which are, there's some stuff that's changing with, yep. with that here too. But I think the big confusion that I run into most of the time when I talk to clients when it comes to credits is what's refundable and what's not refundable. Exactly. And all that means is this. Let's say you're doing your taxes and you're looking at your situation, and you go, okay, well, before as of credits, right, before before credits, credits as mm-hmm. of now, I owe a thousand dollars, and then you go, well, I get this two thousand dollar credit, cool, I'm coming out a thousand dollars ahead. Meanwhile, well, it might be a non-refundable <laughs> credit that just takes you to zero, right? Okay, so like the earned income tax credit is a refundable credit, like if you earn that, if you qualify for that, because you mm-hmm. didn't earn it. But if you qualify for that, that money would come back to you based on family size, income, things like that. It is really designed to hopefully pick you up a little bit during tax season. When you look at like child tax credits, Mm -hmm. uh, that was a big deal with the COVID years and the American Rescue Plan. Man, I have seven kids. That messed my taxes up so bad last year. Well, when they start sending you the money without, I guess they did ask permission. You had to send something (laughs) saying you didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, I tried. They wanted to scan my face and I'm like, I'm out. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. You tried to... to I tried to stop it. Okay. Yeah. And it was like... And I had to do it for each child. Yeah. And And my wife had to do it the exact same way. But when I got to the face scan thing, I'm like, you know what? 
Russia doesn't need my face. I was really proud of myself <laughs> because when all that stuff came up, my wife's like, so what should we do? Should we tell them no? I'm like, well, look, they're going to give us money. Here's the deal. I'm going to figure whether I owe it or not <laughs> for the first time in a long time. And because of partially because of the way that we get paid in our business and things like that, it's hard to I it drives me nuts whenever I get a if I got a big tax refund because I mm-hmm. go, why did I overpay? Right. Sometimes it's hard the way that yeah. stuff hits to avoid that. But when they did that, it was great because I had it figured out in my head. I'm going, no, this is going to work out just about right. I got yeah. a $200 tax refund. Wow. Dang. And that's that's as close to doing it right as I've ever done. And then done. you went and gambled all that, right? What's funny is my <laughs> wife goes, oh, man, we only got 200 bucks back this year. I go, stop it. It means we did it right. We didn't overpay all <laughs> that year. That means you got to keep all your money. Exactly. Come on. I got to do something with it. Haven't so. I taught you anything? We Come actually, on. we put that money into a vacation account. Oh, nice. Well, it was a just in case something happens and we do owe, owe taxes, we'll mm-hmm. put it in that account. But if we don't. We changed that account title on our online making to vacation. Woohoo. Yeah. Nice. And we had a good one. Nice. All for 200 <laughs> bucks, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> the credit. <laughs> I got it. I only have two kids. You would have had a phenomenal vacation with yours. <laughs> so anyway, oh. um, and we don't have to get into all the details uh, running out of time here as far as what all the non-refundable versus refundable credits are. But I just thought that that's one of those things that you get. We get a lot of confusion when mm-hmm. clients are doing their own taxes. and They think, right. wait a second. I thought I get this credit. Okay, but some of them are non-refundable. They're just going to get you to zero. Right. I think the moral of the story to all of this, though, is like if you want someone to go through your taxes with you so you understand kind of like what does this mean and where is the line and am I above it or below it? Do I have any credits? It it is important to like really dig in and understand, I think, just basic knowledge of how the tax code works. A 1040 isn't that complicated. Okay. Still more complicated than it should be. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when my um, when my wife's uh, grandparents passed away, they found a tax return mm-hmm. and it was crazy. It was on a postcard. Oh, boy. It was literally one side of a postcard. Like, yeah. we're still alive. Send us our social security checks. No, they. this was like when they had kids at home and really? stuff and income. It was crazy. It was like income times tax rate. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it really was. So, so that's the funny thing. I think that if you need help with what's above the line, what's yeah. below the line, as far as the income line, mm-hmm. as far as tax, come come and see us. Yeah. Talk to your CPA. If you're yeah. looking for guidance on what's above the bar and what's below <laughs> the bar, you need Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus has got your back. <laughs> all right. Well, this was a fun one. At least I'm having fun with the tax yes, stuff. I know you Hopefully are. Hopefully the rest of you are. But anyway, it's time, Jason. So thanks for having Woo. a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Let's Jason. Tootsie Roll! (laughs) Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. 
The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.